You are now listening to the podcast for your punk ass. So we know this year is 2023. A hundred years ago, during what they call the Roaring Twenties or the New Era, we see there are a number of similarities between a hundred years difference. And I think the hardest to understand about history is change over time. Obviously, we know living in 2023 is better than 1923. But we also there's some ideas that still exist through that hundred year period. And when we study history, we're looking at change over time, the change, right? We have Wi-Fi. There was no Wi-Fi back in 1923. Flat screen TVs, no flat screen TVs. But then continuity, there are certain ideas that we see continue to exist in this nation's history. So we can go back 100 years, even a little before 1920s. Look at the pandemic. We had 1918, the Spanish influenza pandemic. 675,000 killed. Almost 100 years later, we have COVID-19. In America, 1.1 million deaths related to COVID. And COVID is still with us, folks. People are still dying, two to 300 a day from this COVID. So even though the pandemic has been lifted, it's still part of our society. When we look back, whether it's the Spanish flu or the, uh, what we see the COVID-19, all the debates about masks, unmasking, science, anti-science, you saw those debates in 1918, the same exact debates. Stand clear of the closing doors, please. Another thing, 1920, the 19th Amendment was passed for women who have the right to vote. We see 2020, 100th anniversary of the 19th Amendment, and we see women's votes being very important in terms of the choice. If you look at Kansas, a red state, women voted on a state election to what? Keep abortion going in the state. A direct cause because women were allowed to vote in 1920. Now let's keep in mind, not all women, right? Because poor black women in the South were still unable to vote until 1965, but nevertheless, women were given the right to vote in 1920, and we celebrate the 100th anniversary in 2020. Also we see in 1920, we have Marcus Garvey, of the president of the United Negro Improvement Association. August of 1920, he had a big movement in Madison Square Garden called the International Convention of Negro Peoples of the World. 20,000 people packed Madison Square Garden to hear him speak. Wow, that was in August of 1920? That's incredible. All right? Yeah. So again, we see 100 years, how many things have, how many things have changed? How much have stayed the same? Changed or stayed the same? Try to rearrange whatever remains. Went from lamping to ramping up with the stamp of approval. Started cramping from standing up cop searches like Google. Delusional rappers, they only doodle and rhyme books. Y'all, I'm brutally frugal from all the minutes that time took. So give me the lump sum after subtracting the taxes. We talking about the game or just talking about practice? Got backstage passes with unlimited access. You running with Philip Drummond or Conrad Bain. Cause reclining liberty is rewinding mystery. Reminding folks of how things used to be. Word. Through the 1920s, we see society was changing. America was becoming more what? Urban. Okay, people migrating to the cities. 
So you have urban spaces, New York, Chicago, LA, Atlanta, and rural spaces. And we see there was fear with these changes. And we see these same types of things going on in 2023. So we have what's called a moral panic. That there are people in America that are fearing of these changes. So during the 1920s, when more Catholics were, migrate, were uh, immigrating to this country, more Southeast, Southeastern Europeans, more Catholics people, right? There was fear. Black people migrating from the South to the North, there was fear. A moral panic that society is moving away from their traditional values. Okay, Dave, moral panic. It's a mass movement based on the false or exaggerated perception that some cultural behavior or group of people is dangerously deviant and poses a threat to society's values and interests. Moral panics are generally fueled by media coverage of social issues. Media coverage, right? Let's look at it again. Cultural behavior of a group of people, deviant. So again, we see a moral panic after slavery, right? During construction, moral panic by white people. That a deviant, that black people are a deviant group that are coming to attack white people. Immigration, Italians, right? Southeast Europeans, Jews coming to America. They're different. Right, deviant behaviors coming to change America. And we see this moral panic in 2023 with, of course, immigration, particularly because most immigrants come from what? Central America, Mexico, they speak Spanish, they're Catholic. Again, moral panic. We saw Donald Trump running on that, you know, MS-13, that these groups, are, they criminalized and viewed as criminals, moral panic. But the big boogeyman in 2023, or recently, is the LGBTQ community. That's the big issue in 2023. And there's some data to back up. Why is all this fear of LGBTQ? I looked it up online. In America, there's 331 million Americans. 1.7 million are claimed to be trans, 1.7 million. But when you watch media and read the news, you think it's 700 million. Yeah, moral panic. Moral panic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's also other studies which are interesting. People born 1946, known as traditionalists, self-identified 0.8% self-identified as LGBTQ, 92% straight hetero heteronormative. Millennials, I mean Gen Zers, born between 97 and 2003, 16 to 20% say they're LGBTQ, while 75%, while 75% say they're straight. There is the moral panic, folks. This is why you see in the states of Florida, we're banning books dealing with LGBTQ. We don't want to protecting children and parents from exposing them to these numbers and these data. Because the argument is, if you expose kids to these communities, they are more likely to become LGBTQ. Even though heteronormative is the remains the majority. 
So again, we never look at the data and the numbers because that's what moral panic isn't about data or numbers. It's about fear and power. A mass movement based on false or exaggerated perception. So there's an exaggerated perception of black people. There's an exaggerated perception of LGBTQ people. Black people are perceived as being criminal. Exaggerated perception. There's criminals in all races, but black folks as a group is perceived as criminal. LGBTQ, they're perceived as what? Pedophiles, this whole obsession with the bathrooms. Moral panic. You are still listening to the podcast for your punk ass. As we come up on 2025, there was this famous case called the Scopes Trial or the Monkey Trial. So what's happening? In southern states, it was illegal to teach Charles Darwin's theory of evolution. Does that sound familiar? What should be taught in the classroom. So this teacher, John Scopes in Dayton, Tennessee, taught evolution in his class on purpose to go test out the law. His attorney was Clarence Darrow from the American Civil Liberties Union. The attorney for the state was William Jennings Bryant, who ran for president three times and lost. So this case was what? On radio. So again, moral panic, right? What do I mean by that? So the fear of, is this country moving away from its Christian values by teaching Darwin's theory of evolution. This sounds very familiar, familiar in 2023 when we don't want people teaching critical race theory or what they call CRT in K through 12, even though it never was taught in K through 12. Yeah, CRT, they're also bad in certain books, right? Books that promote quote unquote white hate yeah. or guilt mm-hmm. being banned. Books talking about racism and sexual orientation being banned. So this is 2023, the Scopes trial was 1925. So in other words, at the core of the debate is what? Red states, blue states, urban, rural, right? Modernity versus traditional. When we say traditional values, traditional values on culture, on race, on gender, that when you're a traditionalist, there's a natural order of things, right? For many, a little interpretation of the Bible. Men are this way, women are that way, families should be like this. Period. That's it. A modern thing is saying what? The studies show that gender's fluid, families are complicated, there's all different types of families, and this is the reality. I just gave you the numbers. Gen, Gen Zers, 20% identifies LGTBQ. There goes the moral panic amongst parents, right? That young people, 12, 11, 10, are now being exposed, right? Or they say LGBTQ is being forced down my, forced down my throat through media, through corporations. And we see this recently with Target, Bud Light, and even Chick-fil-A caught some fire because they hired a diversity executive. Chick-fil-A, remember them? That they were in trouble years ago for supporting against gay marriage? Uh-huh. 
So they hired the diversity person. Now there's movement on the right to boycott Chick-fil-A, which is closed on Sunday, which prides itself on Christian values, but it doesn't matter. We see Target June is Pride Month being criticized for what? Marketing towards LGBTQ populations. And we see the same with Bud Light. Their sales have decreased because they had a trans woman on a, on a, on a beer can. But what do corporations recognize? I just gave you the data. If more people, young people, are consumers, this is why Disney did what it did. Disney says we have all types of families coming to Disneyland to see Mickey, to see Pluto and Donald Duck. Those cash on delivery, any type of currency. The culture costs money, the killing sprees are free. The free. Yo, it's too hard to handle. So for all lives matter, the whole culture is canceled. Like the first black league playing hockey on blades. On blades. Like Jack Daniels being made by a slave. A slave? So if it's more than one reason, will the pain remain stainless or is it permanent treason? Danzel said the devil just came for the Fresh Prince, but ain't known by name, so he settled for Will Smith. When it comes to American cultural trends, you are not invited to the cookout. That's why you're mad when you watch commercials, TV shows, and you see a black little mermaid. People have problems with that. Mermaids aren't real, folks. It's made up just like Santa Claus. And Megan Kelly said, you know Santa Claus is white. Santa doesn't exist. What are you talking about? <laughs> but they want to blame this on wokeness. Yeah. This has nothing to do with wokeness. You see what I mean? So again, the roaring 20s, great economy, but also society was changing, which leads to a moral panic. Oh, no, you didn't. You are still listening to the podcast for your punk ass. We also see in 1924, they changed the immigration law However, to what? Cut down on Asian immigrants and also immigrants from Eastern Europe. But it was still open to what? Immigrants from what? Great Britain. So this is the whole thing. In 2024, we have the next presidential election. These issues of immigration continue to be at the center of American policy. Right? So there's fear again. For some Americans, America's English will not be his number one language. It'll be Spanish. People get upset. If you go to L.A., different parts of L.A., everybody's speaking Spanish. The store signs are in Spanish. Even look at AT&T commercials. They're in Spanish. Moral panic. Fear. Uh-oh. America's moving away from traditional values from American English. Mm-hmm. You see what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But for advertisers, they know what? Latino communities are a growing consumer base. Don't get it twisted. Corporations aren't woke. No, who's woke? They're worried about making money, right? And when you look at the demographics of this country of who what? Sets trends. Yeah. Spends money. It's young people. Yes. So therefore, they want to have an environment that's what? Inclusive to make this money. It's not rocket science, folks. They're not pandering some 80-year-old person in the villages in Orlando. They're looking after younger consumers, 15, 17, 19, 21, 
to establish relationships so as they mature, they will continue to shop at Target, continue to get Chick-fil-A sandwiches, continue to support sports teams. Because guess what? The 20% of people LGBTQ, they have family and friends. So therefore, if you treat them a particular way, their family and friends might not go to your establishment. This is the reality, folks. This is what corporations understand. This is what big business understands. But this is what many Americans on the right don't want to understand and accept. That the LGBTQ community is getting larger. Now, again, I looked at the numbers. Out of a total population of America, 7.1% is LGBTQ. 7.1%. So according to those numbers, it's just another exaggerated perception, right? Right. In other words, that those folks are pedophiles. They're problematic. But the reality is that only 7.1% of the population. Mm -hmm. What is all this fear and obsession? Black people, 14% of the population. But again, fear and obsession. We see that exists throughout this nation's history. Whether it's 1923 or 2023. It's just a sign of the times. Every time I rhyme, it's from behind enemy lines. Like what if Martin would have said I ain't marching? Then what? And we were doubting everything about Malcolm. Then what? What if third good was all up to no good? And Booker T was selling weed all over the hood. What if Rosa Parks, the car, never got on the bus? And Harriet Tubman loved the master and didn't care about us? Then what? This year, 2023, was the 100th anniversary of the Rosewood Massacre in Rosewood, Florida. It's about 50 miles southwest uh, of Gainesville, where this uh, white uh, white woman and black man had, had consensual sex. But her husband caught the woman, says uh, the black yeah. man raped her. Which resulted in a racial massacre. It was the first week of January, 1923, right? Black yeah. folks had to run escape through, yeah. the, through the woods at uh-huh. night. Unfortunately, they boarded a train for another town. Yeah. Mass- a racial massacre in the small town of Rosewood, Florida. Rosewood. 100th anniversary this year. Yeah. We see that. In 2021, we celebrate 100th anniversary of what? The Tulsa Massacre in Tulsa, Oklahoma. A much larger massacre than Rosewood, but nevertheless, we see that black folks are under attack from whites. Now it's 2023. You're not going to see those type of those massacres anymore, right? The game has changed. There's no doubt about it. Okay, we see now is through what public policy, right? Stripping away the rights to vote, keeping felons from voting. All right. No access to good health care, clean water. Those are the mechanisms used to keep African Americans disproportionately oppressed. Those mechanisms are through public policy. Now, every now you do see the unfortunate death of what George Floyd, Breonna Taylor. So we still have those exaggerated deaths through what police violence, but the everyday. Issues of institutional racism is what impact African Americans. But according to some Americans, institutional racism doesn't exist. It's in the past. It's made up. You're playing victim. According to Tim Scott from South Carolina, those are excuses. When we see gaps in income, in wealth, in infant mortality rates between blacks and whites, the reason why they exist is because it's black people's fault. It's their own culture. They can't get out of their way. 
that's what they say from Republicans. And now they don't want one folks teach about systemic racism in the classroom. But the reality is how do we explain these differences? Housing inequality, health care, environmental racism, the stats go on and on and on. There's no doubt about it. Supreme Court is next about the rule on affirmative action. And we'll see that impact. Is look at black student enrollments might decrease in flagship universities the next five to ten years. What is going on, folks? A hundred years ago, what else do we see? The rebirth of the Ku Klux Klan in 1915 by William Jennings in Stone Mountain, Georgia. By 1925, the Klan was four million strong. So in other words, two years from now, will be the 100th anniversary of the Ku Klux Klan march in Washington, D.C. in 1925. 40,000 strong men, women, children marching for the KKK. There was also Klan elected officials in, in the Klan. The KKK largest number of uh, members was in Indiana, not Georgia. So some would say January 6, 2021 is like a rebirth of the Klan. With the insurrection. Yeah, I mean, when you look at it, the idea itself seems very similar. This is a know. white Christian national national yeah, nation. Absolutely. Right? Mm-hmm. And we see and that it's being run over by immigrants, yeah. blacks, LGBTQ, Jews. Uh-huh. And America is going away from traditional values. Yes. When we look at January 6, 2021, for the KKK March 2025, 20, 1925, excuse me. But again, they're not exactly the same, but the ideas are the same over time. That's the point I'm making in this, this talk. Whether it's 1925, 2025, there are certain ideas in our society that continue to exist. So I said early, 1925, you couldn't teach Darwin's evolution in southern, school, southern schools. Now they don't want you to teach in critical race theory, even though it never was thought. But now you don't want to teach racism to kids. Or better yet, sexual orientation is the boogeyman. We don't want to offer that to young people. I just gave you the numbers because there's a fear that if you do, they're more than likely going to be LGBTQ. But the reality is the Constitution, folks, does not lead out sexual orientation, folks. Right? So it's about human beings. Period. And LGBTQ folks are human beings. That deserves first-class citizenship like everybody else. Why everybody's tripping? Black people are human beings. Deserve to be treated as first-class citizens. Why is everybody tripping? You are still listening to the podcast for your punk ass. Next year is 2024. We'll be celebrating the 100th anniversary of the Harlem Renaissance. And first, in fact, the first two books... To represent the Harlem Renaissance, one was by Jesse Farset called There Is Confusion, and Walter White published The Fire in the Flint. What was the Harlem Renaissance? It was a cultural art movement by black artists, not just in Harlem, but also Philadelphia, Chicago, Atlanta, any urban area of a black middle class of artists, educators who are promoting the idea of African history, culture, 
black history and culture. There's also jazz, part of that movement in the 1920s. So next year is the 100th anniversary. And what do we see 100 years later? We see, again, because Hollywood's about making money, there's so much more content for Af- African Americans, whether it's Prime Video, yeah, Netflix, Apple, Hulu. Yeah. Why? Mm-hmm. Because that's the market money. that black folks are a trillion dollar consumer industry. And Hollywood has figured out that it's good to show different representations of African Americans. And this was a central debate in the Hall of Renaissance between older writers and young writers. So older writers like W.E.B. Du Bois, they say, you know what? We want to show black people in a positive light to white audiences. Also, we have Alan Locke, author of The New Negro, 1925. It'll celebrate its 100th anniversary in two years. On the other side, you had younger artists like Zora Neale Hurston and Langston Hughes say, you know what? We want to write about pimps, prostitutes, poor people. Rural Southern folks, mm-hmm. because they're part of the community. Yeah. So again, in the Harlem Renaissance, it's all about representation. That black people are not monolithic, and you should be writing to an audience that's not just to white liberal, but to write to black people. So therefore, I should want to read about black doctors or black numbers runners, just as important. Okay. So in 2023, we see now there are multiple avenues for African Americans. If you like Tyler Perry films, go watch Tyler Perry films. If you like Spike Lee films, go watch Spike Lee films. If you like Ava DuVernay TV shows, go watch Ava DuVernay TV shows. If you like Lee Daniels, go watch Lee Daniels. That's the point. So 100 years later, we see now that there are more voices in black entertainment. Absolutely, yeah. Because why? The market, folks. There's a consumer. The reason why the show comes on TV, the argument is that there's products that can be sold to those particular folks in the black community. So what the Harlem Renaissance did 100 years ago with that debate of how to represent black people, we see 100 years later, it's the same debate. How should black folks be represented in novels, on TV, in movies? And fortunately, you see that there are more black artists who have more control of that representation. So again, we've come a long way from the 1970s. We had limited black folks on TV. But now there's so much more content. So again, for young people, the same young people who identify as LGBTQ, that 20%, you will see black gay characters on television now. Because Hollywood recognizes that this is the future. Having more black characters, a black mermaid, little mermaid, why? Well, because they recognize the market and where it's going. The market is diverse. Diverse, yes. So this whole anti-woke is not making sense because this is not the direction of the country when you look at the data. We look at people under 30 years old. Those are the future. And not somebody that's pushing 75 or 80 years old. God bless them, but that's just, Let's you know. Let's just be honest about it, folks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what American pop culture is catered towards young people. That's what drives the economy. That's who sets the trends. 
So Hollywood and big business is following accordingly. Why? Because it makes business sense. And they can still vote Republican. The folks that run Chick-fil-A, yeah, the high diversity person, no doubt about it, but I guarantee they still vote Republican. Why? Less taxes. But the market, the consumer said, you know what? You need to have a diverse workforce because if not, people will stop buying your product. This is what corporations understand. So we get back to the Harlem Renaissance Church anniversary next year. We'll see that 100 years later, there is more representation for black folks where there's different spaces, which is what's been the critique for years. Right, during black exploitation films in the 1960s and 70s, you had black folks appearing one particular way. But then there were films like Sounder, okay, and that particular show black folks another perspective. So the same thing in 2023 is saying what? Keep the content coming, but make sure it offers diverse perspectives amongst black folks, different types of characters. I think that's what makes it one of the best times in television for black. I mean, it's still a way to go in terms of ownership and who's behind the camera, but we definitely see 100 years from the Harlem Renaissance that there's still so much more content for black people and others to consume about black life and culture. And all these changes come down to the ballot box. So we see 2024 as be another major election in this country. You know what the issues are. So make sure you get out there and vote and I'm out. And that's the show, folks. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Twitter and subscribe to the show on iTunes. Because without you, there would only be us. This episode is in collaboration with the Institute for New Global Politics.